Well, 2019 was a tough year for car sales in Australia and 2020 has some dark clouds. No, maybe even not just on the horizon, but firmly overhead. But we have to get on and be adaptable. We're very uh, pleased to have Stephen Lester, the Managing Director of Nissan Australia, on the line to talk on a few subjects. Stephen, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for having me. In terms of the N-Trek Warrior, that's a very testosterone-type ute. How important is it to have that sort of hero car in the ute range? Well, look, I think when you look at the market and where utes are growing in the segments, it's quite clear that there's a strong appetite for this type of hero at the top of the uh, ute range across all brands. And, And in particular, that was a space where Whilst our Entrec had been doing well and, and STX, uh, which is a strong seller for us, continues to perform, we felt that a place with a Warrior name badge would be uh, a great place for uh, Navara to continue to see improved sales results. We've morphed a bit, haven't we? The rough and tough ute used to be just a two-door. Now I think we're going more practical with dual cabs, but also the SUV used to be the four-wheel drive was the tough. It's, it's really morphed into the ute leading that sort of strong out-and-about tackle Australian roads. Is that a fair reflection? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think when you think about the, the quality with which utes are, are built today and, and certainly in that 4 by 4 dual cab space, you've got a vehicle that is really fit for purpose both on the bitumen and uh, and off-road. And we feel that the uh, changes we made to the N-Track to create the Warrior really that off-road mentality and that customers want to see. You have got the N-Track Warrior to have some upgrades that you build into it to start with, but they're locally done and have been locally developed? That was one of the key requirements for us was to um, take what was already a very good ute and make it even uh, better and more suitable towards what we believe off-road enthusiasts would like to see in a, uh, in a Navara. So we uh, partnered with Premcar. Um, we underwent uh, a very long process with them to take a look at every aspect, uh, the drivability of the vehicle, both on and off-road, and the capability required to suit the Warrior nameplate. And, uh, and that's what we came up with. See, a lot of the genuine off-roaders have been doing a lot of aftermarket. It's, it's hard to make a profit in selling a car, and people would argue to get the very best deal. Does it hurt when they go out and then buy a whole pile of aftermarket stuff? Well, we'd like to think that we can offer a package that fully meets the needs of, of those consumers. And I think what you've seen over the last few years is the do-it-yourselfer is still part of that key off-road segment. But there's also a, an even larger market that are interested in the vehicle as, as a lifestyle vehicle and, and are getting into off-roading and are not maybe as uh, keen to go up and shop every single part individually. And they welcome five-year-backed warranty fully engineered and tested, done by the manufacturer, and that increases their level of confidence both on and off-road. Are they a significant part of your sales, the really top-line Entrick Warrior? They most certainly are, and and becoming even even more so. Um, We've really only begun getting the dealer group fully stocked in this past month, and sales are progressing uh, quite well. 
and I think it will only continue to grow. And if the last two to three years is any indication, that portion of the segment will continue to dominate a greater portion of the overall Ute 4x4 dual cab market. Because you are doing that sort of end car, the, the, your nomenclature, uh, of the sort of uh, top-of-the-range hero car in other models within Nissan. Is that an important part of your strategy? Well, I think certainly the uh, ability to have very strong continuity between all of your nameplates and to help consumers understand clearly what it stands for is uh, an important part of consumers' general brand understanding. But it also gives us something new and unique to talk about and to entice and encourage consumers with. And that fit for purpose element is what creeps into each one and every of those models to uh, give consumers even more confidence that purchasing a Nissan is the right way to go. Fit for purpose includes the image too, doesn't it? A hundred percent. This is the uh, second largest purchase for most consumers in their in their life. And what that vehicle uh, looks like and says about you and what it then does and delivers all make up what that value proposition looks like. I'll come to the sales figures in a moment. Can I go straight to the LEAF? The LEAF in Europe is registered as a genuine contributor to the power grid, I believe. That is, that not only can you charge your LEAF, but you can use your LEAF as a battery pack to run your house or other things. Will that happen in Australia? Are you progressing to get that level of approval? Yes, we are absolutely progressing uh, down that path. We have a number of trials that are already underway and have been underway for some time. And I think that we will see this come to market in the very near future. See, I think that changes the role of the car in many ways, doesn't it? It doesn't just become transport. It becomes part of the interaction with the the way we've democratised our power by using solar powers and so on, but also perhaps by running your house in the peak time off your car battery. The other one is in the rural areas that a battery-powered vehicle is seen as you know, range anxiety, yet if a farmer can take it out and run an electric chainsaw off it, that would be significantly different. Is there, do you think, a significant refocusing of where the car will fit into our general lifestyle? I think without question, you bring up a really good point in how that paradigm is shifting in terms of the individual's relationship to power and mobility as a, as a consequence of that. And whether it's metro or rural, there are a wide variety of applications in, in which that V2G or vehicle to grid technology can be used and leveraged to the benefit of the consumer. And as we see that, um, we'll become much more free because there are no private individuals really producing petrol on their own today. And they're certainly not often, or at least outside of the auto emergency, willing to reuse the petrol that they've already put into their vehicle, other than for driving, of course. So um, we now have that mobile grid application that can then be used for, as you've already pointed out, a variety of different circumstances. I believe some of the emergency services in Japan will send out a fire engine and a couple of leafs to be a power pack. Absolutely. So we're already seeing that being leveraged in Yokohama and in Japan. And, and uh, the, uh, the limitation at this point is only uh, bound by our imaginations uh, to a certain degree um, as far as applications go. So it's been a tough year last year and, and looking similar this year. Do you think you will see these sorts of major shifts and will Nissan be positioning itself into that, as it were, different future? 
I certainly think that the LEAF offers us the, the path to be able to address that different future. And, and if indications from the company globally uh, are and, and continue to be on plan, we'll see other concepts down the road that allow us to bring that technology to Australian consumers in, in even more meaningful ways and through a variety of more choice of concepts. We've been talking about for a little while now that in our midterm plan, we'll see 30% of our overall portfolio electrified towards the end of 2022. And that we believe will help us deliver different powertrains to Australian consumers and be prepared for the future, which we have no doubt will be electrified. So there's often think globally, act locally. Is the act locally that's really going to perhaps drive electric vehicles, the London ultra-low emission zone, where you won't be able to drive your car into the CBD or other areas unless it is a very low local producing pollution. Is that the sort of things that you think will change our attitudes, well, or evolve our attitudes more quickly than perhaps a more generic belief in, in global warming? Yeah, I think that we have to accept at some point that there is going to be and there is a necessity for change in how we've motored for the last 100 years and, and how we will plan to motor for the next 100 years. And that's just a natural evolution of, of the process. There is no doubt that governments around the world are already taking measures. Those measures are wide and varied. And at the moment, we don't have a very clear picture on what the government's view is on some of those items. And that is the area that I think we still need to see come to fruition in order to help consumers have the confidence to adopt that new change as we go forward. I think the exciting aspect of this is that that change, though, is one that keeps individual mobility and individual motoring at the, at the forefront and the center of what I think consumers, especially in Australia, are still interested in. Yet there is a movement for car companies to embrace not just that, that I am one person in one vehicle, but perhaps car sharing and other issues, which could in fact lead to a change in design of cars a little. The, the car companies have to accept that individual mobility is part of it, but not the total part of it? I think with, without question, one of the most exciting um, elements from a... Uh, designers uh, standpoint and and uh, these aren't my words but the words of the actual designers are that they get a, a, a completely new landscape to now design with because the traditional elements or encumberments of a of an internal combustion engine um, designed the way it is on the platform are now being completely changed so their canvas if you will is giving them brand new inspirations. And to your point about whether it's car sharing or multiple vehicle, multiple people in vehicles, et cetera, and so forth, all of the other changes in the shared economy that could come, they now have something to design with that's not just based on the traditional seating arrangement or internal design of a, of a, of a vehicle. So, and that, that's, I think, part of the exciting part about what vehicles are going to look like in the future. We don't know exactly what it'll be, but you've used the word as we evolve. That's very important, isn't it? Not to There's almost a sectarian divide in the Australian debate about climate change and other things, yet it is an evolution. Is that a critical part of a large company like yours being adaptable? Absolutely. I think without 
question, we have to remember that a, a, a light switch is not going to be flicked and all of a sudden all of these changes that have been discussed will have taken shape or decisions being made and everybody will be forced into one different future. Um, it will take time for all brands, all manufacturers to evolve, including ourselves, and uh, there will be a lot of change. And sometimes, unfortunately, that change will feel slow, but at other times, um, it may seem or feel very rapid, and uh, and that change will be uh, be required over time. We often overestimate the short term and underestimate the medium to long term, I think. you uh, Nissan actually does do some local uh, parts manufacturing, doesn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. We, uh, we have uh, the Nissan Casting Plant uh, Australia, which has been around for over 35 years, still producing parts. And I think a, a good example of that change is some of the parts that they are uh, producing over time, including um, some of the uh, parts that go into every single Nissan Leaf sold around the world, for example, produced right here in, in Dandenong South is a remarkable accomplishment. Has the coronavirus affected your supply of parts from overseas? Not from a casting plant perspective, but from a uh, vehicle standpoint, we have been made aware that some units planned to be uh, arriving later this month or early next month will not be arriving at the same schedule as, as previously planned. The quantum to which that uh, is going to affect us is not very, very clear at the moment, though. I and mean, I think that's where we are taking a cautionary approach. We continue to manage uh, the overall inventory in the market, but the reality is that the far-reaching effects that coronavirus or COVID-19 might have across all automotive could escalate pretty quickly. But also, fortunately, if, if everything goes well, maybe it won't have the dire effect that, uh, that some are suggesting. Do you think that this may reinforce the need to be doing things within Australia and perhaps Nissan is better positioned in the industry to take on more local production. I'm not suggesting a, a long line, you know, a full line, but you know, the, given that electric cars have a, a simpler platform, which you've described it, of providing different design opportunities, it's also perhaps an area where the, the simplicity and the localness may come to the fore again. I mean, you know, any, anything is possible in the most general sense. I think we just have to be cautious not to allow one very significant global issue, don't want to downplay anything, to um, suggest that, that we could then all of a sudden change the landscape of, of vehicle production. So that complexity, unfortunately, due to the proximity of Australia to the rest of the world in many instances, is one of the biggest hurdles and challenges around the ability to be pr either primary producer here or from an assembly perspective. Finally, would, would you ever get back into a lot of sedans? Well, look, we're, uh, as I've said before, we, we have an ambition to still have uh, a passenger vehicle in the market. At, at the moment, there is not one that is available imminently for us in, in the market. The changing dynamic of consumer sentiment or, or purchasing feeling is still largely oriented around um, SUVs, and in this market um, is even more attuned to that uh, 4x4 pickup uh, cab chassis segment or the, the traditional ute. And so I think we don't forecast that this will change or swing at any time in the future, uh, near future that is. 
But it's not to say that that it won't ever change back in consumers based on the products that uh, auto manufacturers bring out wouldn't or couldn't fall in love with the sedan again. Stephen, thank you very much for your time. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. And that was Stephen Lester, the Managing Director of Nissan Australia, where the market has been tough, but he proves that you have to be adaptable, aware and prepared to take on new directions.